0: we are in a sermon series using popular songs from the past few decades to point us to scripture. I believe that there are many things in our culture that we can look at that may not be Christian per se, but can remind us of scriptural truths. And so today, we are going to the 1980s to see how Gloria Estefan's Get On Your Feet can help encourage us in faith. Let's have a listen. So this song is all about motivating you to persevere by saying, get on your feet. It starts out, you say, I know it's a waste of time. There's no use trying. But get on your feet. Get up and make it happen. It's not easy to keep going when we feel worn down. It's not easy to get back up when we have royally messed up. In fact, sometimes we feel like just giving in and giving up. But the song, and more importantly, the Lord, would call us to persevere. Don't stop before it's over. So get on your feet and run the race. The author of Hebrews compares the Christian life to running a race. If you have been a runner, if you are a runner, you know that races require endurance and perseverance. And sometimes, though, you really do want to give up halfway through. You're sweating, you're out of breath, your muscles are aching. You think if you take one more step, you're just going to fall into the pavement. But if you persevere through the discomfort and the doubt, you reach the finish line. And that makes it all worth it. The same is true of our life with God. It requires endurance, but that endurance is worth it. Following Jesus isn't always easy. It takes perseverance. Hebrews 11 describes a whole host of characters in Scripture who lived their lives by faith in God. People like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and Noah, who have run this race before us, so to speak. And these were people who continued trusting even when they were faced with unclear, difficult, and impossible circumstances. And God was there with them. And so in light of their shining example of faith, the author concludes in Hebrews 12, 1-3, Therefore... So what he's saying is in light of the example of our spiritual ancestors, here is how we can run. Here is how we can endure. Number one, don't give up. Like a runner, keep pressing on and don't give yourself the option of giving up or of quitting. Don't give up on God's faithfulness. Don't give up on trusting him and knowing that he is good. Nothing worth doing is easy, and following Jesus is worth doing. Number two, we need to throw off the things that are weighing us down. A runner running in a marathon is not going to be wearing a backpack full of 50-pound weights. That would be a terrible idea. No, if he has that on, he's going to take it off to run. In the same way, we as Christians are called to lay aside every weight and sin, These are things that hold us back from moving forward in faith. For instance, is there something in your life that's distracting you from following Jesus more fully? Is there something that has taken his place in your life? Is there an attitude you're having? Maybe an attitude of entitlement or selfishness that's distracting you? and hindering your walk with God? Or is there a sin that God is saying you need to turn away from? These are things that we're called to lay aside for the joy of following Jesus. Number three, look to Jesus. He is our savior, he is the source of our faith, and he's our example as well. He has walked this road before us, and he has endured the difficult things. He endured the torture of the cross by looking to what lay beyond it, to being at God's side, that joy. And we can do the same as we look beyond the hardships of our day toward the joy of knowing, following, and being with Jesus, both now and forever. Fix your eyes on Jesus, because he has never going to leave you. So get on your feet and run the race. Persevere in following Jesus. Now there's an important area where we need to persevere, and that's when we're caught in despair, when we're struggling with really tough things. I want to read to you from Psalms 42 and 43, um, which really talks about someone who's dealing with a lot of despair and discomfort says this as a deer pants for flowing streams so pants my soul for you O god my soul thirsts for god for the living god when shall i come and appear before god my tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long where is your god these things i remember Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mitzar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? And I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. It's intense. The psalmist, he, he knows God. He loves God. He longs for him like longing for water in a desert. But he feels forgotten by God. Now he knows God is great and powerful and full of love and faithfulness, but he is going through something really awful. So much so that the thing he's eating is not really food, but his tears. He's lamenting, he's crying. His enemies are taunting him, saying, Where is your God? And it's like he's in a war, and the bad guys are winning. Can you relate? Maybe you're dealing with the loss of stability in your life. Maybe you're dealing with a vindictive coworker or a bully. Maybe you're fighting your own voice telling you that you're worthless, which is a lie, by the way. Or maybe you're just exhausted from the constant pressure of school and grades and finals. In the midst of despair, Get on your feet and run to Jesus. Like the song talks about, we've all been through some nasty weather. But even when we're in a storm of our life, we need to get up and take some action. Now, I'm not talking about putting on a fake smile and pretending everything is great when, I'm, when it's not. I'm talking about getting up and running full speed to the Lord our hope. Because even while feeling forgotten by God, the psalmist does not run from God, but toward him. He's real, he is honest, he lays it all out there before the Lord, and he's honest with him about his seeming absence. He doesn't deny the reality of his pain, but he laments it fully and completely. He asks the Lord to intervene. And he remembers God's character. That he is full of loyal love and he is salvation and hope. That he is his joy. And that these things are true regardless of his circumstances. He trusts the Lord because he knows the Lord. And so he perseveres by going to God, not running from him. He survives by trusting who God is, knowing that he will yet again praise him. And in our despair, we can do the same, knowing that God does not abandon us. We can cry out to him with our tears and be honest with him in our pain and our questions. We can think of ways in the past that he has come through for us, that he has been faithful to encourage us at the present time. We can meditate on the scriptures to tell us the truth about who he is. And it's in running to Jesus that we find the strength to go another day and even find joy in the midst of difficult times. In October of 2009, uh, I went through one of the most uh, emotionally trying times of my life. I was in my senior year of college, and I was incredibly depressed. Uh, I felt like a loser. Felt like I didn't fit in. Uh, felt like the only friend that I really valued didn't value me. In fact, he had you know gone off with a new crowd of you know cooler people, and you know I'm nowhere near cool. Um, and so I was really just broken and amidst a whole lot of other things my self-worth was basically non-existent and I felt like God didn't care and so I told him that and I cried out to him in pain a lot and you know what he was there In fact, it was a blessing to be able to go to God and pour out everything that I was feeling, knowing that he's listening, knowing that he can handle it. God was faithful. Life was royally awful for that period of time, but he was there. And one of the things that encouraged me was the scriptures. Reading stories of people in the scriptures who had gone through similar things as me, and seeing how God was faithful to them. I saw God be faithful, and I made it through that time, not by any of my own strength, because I had none, but by his strength and by his grace. In the midst of despair, get on your feet and run to Jesus. Now, other times in life, We may be dealing with a different kind of despair, a despair that comes from our own failures. How do you persevere in faith when you have royally failed? You lied to your friend and now you've lost their trust. You lost your temper and cussed out your boss. Or you've made the same mistake for the hundredth time and you're a Christian. You tell yourself, you should know better. But all of us know, even as faithful followers of Jesus, we can all drastically mess up at times. Yet even then, we can go to the Lord and confess our sins to him, and he, in his great love, forgives us. But sometimes, even when we've gone to God and received forgiveness, We live as if he hasn't forgiven us. We've confessed our sins to the Lord. We've even apologized to those we've hurt and sought to make things right. But we wonder if God still loves us. Maybe he's sick of us now. The shame and guilt of what we have done still haunts us. Now that's different from having regret and sorrow over our sin. Sorrow and regret motivate us to repent, to turn to God and live rightly. Shame, though, just keeps us in hopelessness. In fact, another story. In high school, when I would sin, which I did a lot because, you know, we all do, um, I felt God was mad at me. And I would ask him to forgive me, and and I trusted in Jesus with all my heart but I just felt an intense amount of shame. And I felt like I kind of had to earn my way back into his good graces, like I had to hate myself for a while, and if I did that for long enough, then it would be okay. Yeah, that's not how it works. Let's fact-check that with First John 1, 8 through 2, 2. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. Boy, was high school me wrong. In the midst of failure, get on your feet and stand in God's forgiveness. When we confess our sins to God and ask for His forgiveness, it's done. The weight is lifted, our sins are removed. Trusting in Jesus is what saves us, not something we do. This is a free gift from God through the cross. His death was enough. The passage says that he is, Jesus is our propitiation. That's an SAT word for you. Um, and that is a fancy word, meaning a sacrifice that satisfies wrath. It means that Jesus took God's judgment that we deserved upon himself so that we would be forgiven and made clean before God. His sacrifice was enough to cover all of our sins, even the worst ones, when we trust in Christ. And so rather than living in shame, we can get on our feet and celebrate God's forgiveness. And we can allow the joy and the beauty of that forgiveness to motivate us as we continue to go out and seek to do right and to follow God's ways. Our shame doesn't have to haunt us when Christ has forgiven us. Get on your feet and stand in the forgiveness of God. That, in fact, is why we stand after every prayer of confession. We stand and sing. Why? Because we're standing in the forgiveness of God. We are celebrating it. And so get on your feet and run the race that is the Christian life with perseverance, looking to Jesus, because we can't do any of it on our own. And when you're overwhelmed with despair, get on your feet and run to Jesus. When shame haunts you, get on your feet and stand in God's forgiveness. And if you are struggling with any of this, because we all struggle with something, please speak to a friend, a Christian friend, or a church member, an elder, speak to me so that we can can talk through this because we all have struggled in different areas and we can all help each other grow. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your love. And we pray that by that grace and mercy, you would help us to get on our feet as we trust in you, as we cling to you. Help us to hold on to you in good times and bad and remind us of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.